You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Updates on Tick. Pwned list might be pwnable. Responsible Disclosure seems to be working for Microsoft, Valve, and the U.S. Department of Defense. North Korean jamming prompts South Korea to look for a GPS alternative. IBM defines blockchain security standards for the cloud. Ransomware infestations continue. And someone claims again that, no, really, he's Satoshi Nakamoto. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, May 2nd, 2016. Tick, the cyber espionage group Symantec's been tracking, has been particularly active against Japanese targets. The attackers work with drive-bys to deliver GoFarer malware, which in turn installs the DOSERF backdoor on victim systems. Tick, says Symantec, has been careful, evasive, and given to using well-crafted exploits. The group has taken a particular interest in Japanese companies engaged in ocean engineering, broadcasting, and information technology. Krebs on Security reports that InfoArmor's Pwned List, a service that lets you monitor credentials for exposure in public places, like Pastebin, itself may be vulnerable to parameter tampering. The service is designed to let you monitor accounts you own, but Krebs reports that it's possible to see credentials for accounts belonging to any number of other users. The two-step authentication process involved in adding an item to one's watch list apparently doesn't verify that you've got the rights to that item. Microsoft's Office 365 was reported at the end of last week to be susceptible to exploitation by unauthorized outsiders who could gain access to users' files. But it's important to note that Redmond has already closed this particular hole and that the episode is an encouraging case study in how responsible disclosure can work. The flaw lay in buggy implementation of the security authentication markup language server. The vulnerability was discovered and disclosed earlier this year by two independent researchers, and Microsoft is said to have fixed it within seven hours. Another bit of responsible disclosure has enabled Valve to fix a crypto flaw in Steam that exposed passwords. In this case, the problem was found and reported by a student, and he's been appropriately rewarded by Valve. You may wish to dust off a bit of electronic warfare vocabulary as we watch the continuing convergence of EW with cybersecurity. The word of the day is meconning, which means the interception of navigational signals and their replacement by deceptive signals, which are rebroadcast, usually at greater power, to deceive the recipients. Well known for its long-time use against old radio navigation systems, meconning has begun to reappear in the GPS world. It will come as no surprise that the world's leading meconning power appears to be, wait for it, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, which has been engaged in fiddling with GPS to lure South Korean fishing vessels into disputed waters. South Korea is working on a more deception-resistant navigational alternative to GPS, perhaps an enhanced version of e-Loran. 
We've seen some important threat summaries published recently. Last week, we spoke to Verizon about their data breach report. Today, we hear from Forcepoint's Bob Hansman, who takes us through some of the highlights of his company's threat report. The report covers areas of insider threat, which is something a lot of companies have overlooked, mainly with the focus on blocking an external attack, where 80 to 85 percent of the money seems to be being spent. We see a need to start considering what happens not if I've been breached or when I've been breached, but what can I do to find out if I've already been breached? The report includes an analysis of a new botnet campaign that Forcepoint has named Jaku that was discovered by their special investigations team. Jaku is a aggregate threat. Rather than a new botnet, a new zero-day attack, it is actually a name given to an aggregation of a variety of threat components used to execute a particular attack. In this case, they're using botnet servers in a variety of countries to attack specific victims. They're very targeted, as well as using the exact same network to do consumer-level attacks. It's very persistent, and it also uses a great deal of evasive techniques. Rather than just the one or two we'll see in a normal attack, this one actually uses evasive techniques from stages four through seven of the traditional kill chain. Hansman says the report emphasized the need for defensive systems to work together in a more collaborative way. Security solutions need APIs. They need to be able to share information, not just bubble it up to a SIM, but can they receive or exchange guidance with something else? We need these solutions to start working together because the attackers are working together. Jakku is a poster child for that. That's Bob Hansman from Forcepoint. We'll hear more from him on tomorrow's show about the threat of accidental insiders and how IT can improve their reputation. Their website is forcepoint.com. U.S. surveillance policy has been influenced by the leaks provided by Edward Snowden, who teleconferenced into a debate over encryption that aired yesterday. His views on encryption were unsurprising. He's for it and for it everywhere. But he did make the interesting point that on this issue, he, quote, stands shoulder to shoulder, end quote, with former NSA director Michael Hayden, who's also weighed in on the pro-encryption side of the crypto wars. In industry news, some analysts, notably at Seeking Alpha, advise investors to look beyond IBM's recent results to its story and think that the story is more compelling than the performance. In particular, they see a future in IBM's shift in emphasis toward AI, security, cloud services, and perhaps surprisingly, blockchain. On Friday, IBM announced a framework for using blockchain networks securely while remaining compliant with the applicable privacy and security regulations. Finance and healthcare organizations are expected to be among the principal users of the framework. Blockchain, of course, is the enabling technology beneath Bitcoin. And over the weekend, Australian Craig Wright has again outed himself as Bitcoin creator Satoshi Nakamoto. The BBC and The Economist are running with the story, basically as Mr. Wright has been telling it. The reporters who are buying his claims note that the evidence Wright offers sounds convincing, but is hard to follow. We don't want to be unduly skeptical, but Wright has made these claims before, and any who find themselves reluctantly moved to continuing doubt should be forgiven. And if we hear that Mr. Wright may be son of Grand Duchess Anastasia, we'll really know where we are. In any case, if the real Satoshi Nakamoto is out there and listening, give us a call. Even if, especially if, you're Mr. Wright.
And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero-trust-ai. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me is Ben Yellen, Senior Law and Policy Analyst at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Ben Edward Snowden was making the rounds this past weekend, appearing in interviews on cable news. And he is, of course, famous for his leaks of classified documents, for which some consider him a traitor, some consider him a hero, and many put him somewhere in between. But there's no denying that his leaks had an effect on the way the government collects data. I'm curious, what are these effects, these so-called Snowden remedies? Sure. So I think the main one was the passage of the USA Freedom Act that passed last June, and it replaced the call details records program that Snowden uncovered. Uh, The program officially ended in November, and it's been replaced with something that I think is more palatable to civil libertarians. Instead of the information being routinely handed over from the telecommunications companies, now the telecommunications companies themselves hold on to the data and the government needs a court order to collect some of the data. So I think that was a major uh, and important change that was the direct result of this disclosure. And I think even folks with the NSA would admit that the disclosure itself played a large part in, in ending that program. And, and what is the NSA's position on this? Are, are these changes that, that they support, that they can live with? They are. The NSA has been very supportive of it. They were actually critical of the phone records program, even though they were the ones taking it on. Several NSA officials had said that the program was ineffectual. Uh, a couple of commissions that were appointed by the president, the Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board, and the president's own commission had said that the, the program was ineffectual and bordered on being unconstitutional. So I think the NSA itself uh, was supportive of the, of the legislation. Uh, they encouraged President Obama to sign it, and he did. And I think they're, they're quite pleased with the outcome. Ben Yellen, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. 
say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's The Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K Cyberwire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey and share your feedback now.